0: section seventy two of the toilers of the sea by victor hugo this librivox recording is in the public domain read by john greenman chapter nine success snatched away as soon as granted all was not finished no course was more plainly indicated than to reopen the narrow entrance closed by the piece of durham's planking and at once push the boat outside of the reef at sea every minute is urgent. There was but little wind, hardly a ripple on the ocean. The evening was very beautiful and promised a fine night. It was slack water, but the ebb-tide was beginning to make itself felt. The moment was favorable for setting out. There would be the ebb-tide on which to go out of the Douvres, and the flood-tide with which to return to Guernsey. St. Samson might be reached by daybreak but an unexpected obstacle presented itself. There had been a defect in Gilliatt's foresight. The engine was free, the smokestack was not. The tide, by bringing the boat close to the wreck suspended in the air, had lessened the perils of the descent and shortened the process of rescue. But this diminution of interval had left the top of the funnel entangled in the yawning frame formed by the hull of the Durande. The smokestack was caught there as between four walls. The service rendered by the tide was complicated by this sly trick. It seemed as though the sea, constrained to obedience, had indulged in an afterthought. It is true that what the flood-tide had done, the ebb-tide, was about to undo. The smokestack, a little more than three fathoms in height, was buried eight feet deep in the Dulonde the water level would sink about twelve feet, the smoke-stack, descending with the boat on the ebbing tide, would have four feet to spare and could get free. But how much time would this release require? Six hours? In six hours it would be nearly midnight. How attempt to get out at such an hour! What channel was to be followed among all those breakers, so labyrinthine even in daylight? And how risk oneself in the dead of a dark night? in that ambush of shoals. There was nothing to be done but wait until the morrow. Those six hours lost would entail the loss of at least twelve. He must not even think of expediting the work by opening the entrance to the reef. The barrier would be necessary at the next high tide. Gilliatt was obliged to rest. Folding his arms was the only thing which he had not yet done during his sojourn on the Duvre Reef. This forced inaction irritated and made him almost vexed with himself, as though it were his fault. He said to himself, What would De Richette think of me if she saw me here doing nothing? Nevertheless this renewal of his strength was not useless, perhaps. The paunch was now at his disposal. He decided to pass the night on board. He went in search of his sheepskin on the great Douvre, descended again supped on a few limpets and two or three sea-chestnuts, drank, being very thirsty, the last few mouthfuls of fresh water from his almost empty can, wrapped himself in his sheepskin, the wool of which made him comfortable, lay down beside the engine like a watchdog, pulled his red galley cap over his eyes, and fell asleep. He slept profoundly. A man has such slumbers after accomplishing labors of this kind. End of chapter 9 Success Snatched Away As Soon As Granted